Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of the extended edition of Inside Sources. Today, I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Great to be with you. Uh, we'll be with you for another 12 minutes, and then we're going to hand the mic to the great Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safe and smart. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to go to the great and smart. Kara Hoffelmeyer, who has a news update for us. You're too kind. So we are learning about a grass fire. This is just west of the freeway about Harold Gaddy Drive and Wright Brothers Drive. Salt Lake City Fire Department is responding to this. Again, it's just a grass fire. We've been receiving a lot of text messages about how this is the airport. It is not the airport. There are no planes affected. Again, just a grass fire in this area that Salt Lake City Fire is working to put out. Fantastic. Kara Hoffelmeyer, thanks so much for that update. We'll continue to watch that here on KSL News Radio. And always appreciate your texts on the Utah Community Credit Union text line 57500. Again, 57500 only when it is safe because safety first. All right, as we bring things uh, full circle on a Thursday, uh, I mentioned just before the break that uh, I wanted to talk about this uh, the concept of the happy warrior. And uh, Gustavo immediately uh, questioned if that was going to be my rap album, The Happy Warrior. I think, I think even. Even Jeff might buy that. <laughs> Gustavo's already rocking out in the uh, control room there. Uh, no, the Happy Warrior is interesting. Happy Warrior comes from a, a classic poem by William Wordsworth, and he begins by asking, "Who is who is the Happy Warrior?" and and then he lays out uh, in just really powerful prose. If you haven't read uh, the character of the Happy Warrior by William Wordsworth, uh, it is worth a read. Man, that's a tongue twister right there. Uh, but it's really interesting. We've been talking a lot about uh, different kinds of leadership today and strategy and how we do that. Uh, but Wordsworth laid out uh, some traits of the happy warrior uh, in great poetry. And in our day of really angry politics, of really divisive rhetoric across the nation, uh, and this dehumanizing contempt in the country uh, that is so disturbing to me, uh, we could use a few more happy warriors so uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday this week on this program, uh, we played a series of clips uh, from a, an article on uh, Deseret.com uh, about some interviews that I had done with some thought leaders from across the country. And the framing question for, the, for these uh, clips was really simple. Will America be okay? And the responses from people like David Brooks and Arthur Brooks, uh, former Senator Joe Lieberman, Sherry Dew, Senator Ben Sass, Bob Woodward, uh, UVU President Astrid Tuminez, uh, were all just insightful and inspiring. They were thoughtful. 
they were full of, of hope for the future of the country. So they were really positive. And the reaction to those segments uh, was overwhelmingly positive. Uh, there, there were a few, however, of the, uh, oh, the grumpy crowd, I guess we'll call them, the, the non-happy warrior crowd, uh, that accused me of just being soft, of uh, wearing rose-colored glasses, of being naive, naive or being a sellout. Uh, this was my favorite part. Uh, I often get accused of, of being an apologist for the liberal left, and then I get called out for being an apologist for the conservative right. Uh, so I'm not sure how I do both of those simultaneously, but it, it does appear to be possible. Uh, but others, you know, just said, hey, you got your head in the sand. You know, a group hug is not going to solve the nation's problems. And, and I get that. But I've always been fascinating how different individuals can interpret the exact same data and information in such different ways. And just to be really, really clear on this program uh, we have significant issues to address. We have big challenges in this country that need to be addressed. And yes, a kumbaya group hug is not going to solve those because there are founding principles that need to be defended. Uh, there are, are vulnerable people and a planet that need to be protected. There's out-of-control spending that I hit on regularly in terms of debt and deficits uh, that just have to be corrected. We've got mass violence that, that needs to end. We've got all kinds of societal ills to combat. We have minority and religious rights to preserve. And the, the list goes on and on and on and on. Uh, and one thing I know for a certainty is that the group hug won't solve the problem. I get that. Uh, and there are real battles ahead of us in this country on what to do and how to solve the challenges. And, yes, there are serious fights to be had about some of the fundamental tendencies tenants that govern our republic and and none of those battles none of them are for the faint of heart uh, we need strong opinions we need big ideas and we have to remember that america is always at its best we're always better when we address our difficulties with those big ideas in the marketplace of ideas. And we do it in an open, honest, and yeah, even occasionally a roiling kind of way. That's very American. And yes, the, the big battles about those big ideas and principles are actually the very heart of the American experiment. I mean, that's what our republic is all about. But what we need to remember is that having a big debate or a fundamental disagreement does not mean we have to be mean <laughs> or even demean uh, those that we disagree with. And how often do we do that? I mean, having a disagreement does not mean you have to be mean. It just doesn't mean that. So as I look at the marketplace of ideas that is America, uh, we need to make sure that we're not uh, just isolated on some ideological battlefield. Uh, because we can do better. And I think every American knows that we can do better. And I have to tell you, I, I've met some happy warriors in my time. I have met happy warriors on the political left, and I have met happy warriors on the political right. I've also met angry warriors on both sides as well. And I just have to tell you, being an angry warrior is exhausting. It's exhausting to the individual who's angry. And it's often exasperating to everybody around them. Uh, I love this uh, phrase from our friend, uh, Reverend Amos Brown. 
he described the difference between being a happy warrior and an angry warrior by saying it's a choice. You can become bitter or you can get better. And bitter leads to being an angry warrior, and it's just not worth it. So regardless of your political persuasion today, uh, we do need to be careful that we don't make the mistake of assuming that a happy warrior is somehow not a warrior. I've observed that angry warriors may win a few battles, but they rarely win the war, and they never, ever win the hearts and minds of those who are actually persuadable. And isn't that it? Like, if you're going to engage in a battle of ideas, don't you want to persuade the persuadables? That's the whole key. Because if we're not persuading the persuadables, uh, nothing's ever going to change. And then where are we? We're right back where we started. Uh, I was reminded that the, the true warrior is successful not because they hate what's in front of them, but because they love what's behind them. And I think that's true whether it's a physical war or whether it's a battle of principles and values and, and public policy. Uh, that's the real test. Uh, I want to play just a, a real quick clip here from uh, my friend George Will. Uh, he talked about what we have to do to be that happy warrior, and he said it in a way that's real powerful. Be cheerful. We have far too much teeth-gritted politics and fist-clenched politics. There's Step back and understand something, that this is a country people are fighting to get in. Uh, this is a, a, a country with big problems, but that's because it's a big, successful country. And a lot of our problems are the problems of success, how to redistribute, how to distribute wealth, because we create wealth wonderfully, uh, how to allocate uh, health care, because we have wonderful, marvelous uh, capacities of modern medicine. So stand back and understand that there, there's not only a moral obligation to be intelligent, there's a moral obligation to be cheerful while you're being intelligent. All right, so you've got to be cheerful and intelligent. Uh, and that's that's the real case. And to me, that's what the happy warrior is really, really all about. All right, as we come down the uh, home stretch here today, we just have word in. We've got an update on the Salt Lake City mayor's race. Uh, currently, Aaron Mendenhall is still in the lead with 8,928 votes. That's 24.27%. Uh, Luz Escamilla has moved into second place ahead of Jim DeBacchus. Uh She has 21.43%, 7,884 votes. So it looks like she is currently about 420 votes ahead of Jim DeBacchus. Now, we don't have a, a number yet in terms of how many votes are still outstanding. We don't have that number yet. Uh, but this is a pretty significant bounce and a uh, bounce in the total number. Uh, and it's pretty significant. So, uh, again, if you're just joining us, uh, Aaron Mendenhall is uh, still in the lead uh, with 24.27% of the vote. Uh, Luz Escamilla has moved into second place. She is ahead of Jim DeBacchus for that second slot by 421 votes. Uh, so stay tuned to KSL. We'll continue to follow that through the afternoon. Big change in the Salt Lake City mayor's race could change the trajectory all the way to November. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. And that's going to wrap it up for Inside Sources, the extended edition for a Thursday. I am Boyd Matheson, the opinion editor at the Deseret News. Always great to be with you. And as you go out into the world today, as always, make sure you see something that inspires. 
say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Become that happy warrior. Jeff Kaplan, over to you. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.